for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to a special edition, Saturday edition of the Blitz podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by, for the first time in it seems like forever, just the two of us doing it, joined by Mitchell McDonald today, (laughs) flexing a CP3 jersey, so maybe, maybe, you're feeling a little spicy today, huh? I'm feeling like there's going to be some headlines coming out today. I mean, we got a lot of headliners to roll through, might as well bring out some guy who just made it in the headlines. Had Rocket since Jaden's not on to yell at me for wearing it. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I can respect it. Obviously, uh, Chris, uh, or Kim Kardashian, I almost said Chris Kardashian, Kim Kardashian and uh, CP3 (laughs) and Kanye have been in the news lately. Uh, But also been in the news, this fucking crazy football that we got going on. And last week was kind of a shitty slate. To be honest, um, we had the Thanksgiving games and everything, which was cool. But, you know, for overall, it was a pretty shitty slate. But this week, week 13, it's the first week of fantasy playoffs for some. For most, it's not. But it's the week leading into fantasy playoffs for almost everybody. And also, excuse me, we have some of the best games that we've had so far this year on the docket for week 13. We have five headliner games that we're going to go over and make our picks for, kind of break them down, and then we'll go through a quick pick them for the rest of the games. So, without further ado, let's dive into it. So, first game that we got on the slate is in the 1 o'clock window. It's at the link in Philly. It is the Titans taking on the Eagles. Currently, the spread sits at minus four and a half. Um, what are your initial thoughts on this game, man? I, let me look on... Uh, I don't think there's a huge, bunch of huge injury implications in this game unless you know of anything. Not that I know of. Uh, CJ or Johnson Gardner-Johnson probably out with the lacerated kidney. I mean, that's pretty rough to make it back in a week from. But that team is struggling up the middle, even though they have picked up Sue and Linval Joseph. I don't think Jordan Davis is going to be able to make it back in time for this one, and they are going up against the King, a mammoth amongst men running up the middle there in Derrick Henry. It's really going to put this run defense to the test on Philly, which has been their fault there lately. I mean, you watch that Commanders game where you guys just kept getting three to four yards every play. They just could not stop it. And if you have the likes of Derrick Henry chipping away like that, eventually one of those three to four yarders is going to turn into a 90 yarder. So it should be interesting to see how that defense can hold up. Yeah, for sure. And one thing that will play a big factor in this game, I believe this is his first week back, is Jordan Davis coming back on that interior line to help bolster them. Um, the, run, the Philly run defense started out really hot, but as of lately it hasn't been too great. Uh, When you look at it in comparison to Tennessee's run defense, uh, they allow an average of 84.5 rush yards per game, uh, while the Eagles allow 120.7 yards per game on the ground. So that means great things for Derrick Henry this coming week. 
uh, they'll be able to keep the scoring low. But last time we saw Jalen Hurts in the, on the fucking field, man, was unbelievable on Sunday Night Football against the Packers. He was a dog. How many rushing yards was it? It was over 200. In total? What he had, I swear he was at like 140, something like that. I can look it up real quick. Though, I got but, it right here. Yeah, they <laughs> there were no answers at all. That's what I'm saying. Him or Miles. And that's not the traditional run game. Like, Tennessee on the interior is bolster. Jeffrey Simmons is questionable for this game. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but... I mean, their interior line is fine on the Tennessee side, but you don't have Danico Autry in this game. Um, I'm pretty sure Harold Landry's been out for the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got those outside guys that are not as strong, and Jalen Hurts is really going to look to attack that. Um, Yeah, last game, he has two games in a row with over 85 rushing yards and 15 carries. Uh, last week against Green Bay, he went 17 carries, 157 yards on the ground, and then 153 yards, two tuds, no interceptions through the air. So this is a guy that, I mean, if the Eagles continue to play well, I know it's Patrick Mahomes certifiably right now at MVP, but would you, uh, would you like to make a case for Jalen Hurts at MVP? Oh, it's... It's a worthy case. I mean, he's definitely silenced all of your criticism from the first few weeks yes. of the year. <laughs> yes, he has. And he's a front runner. He's at least in the top three of the candidates right now because he opens things up so much with his legs and his arm. He's just the offense at this point. He can almost do no wrong except the Washington game was about it. Uh, he's got weapons now. I mean, you look at A.J. and Devonta Smith. AJ should be at risk for quite the revenge game here against Tennessee, who is one of the worst secondaries in the league. If it's a game for he wants to make his case for MVP for Jalen, he's got to find AJ in this one, and it's a cakewalk matchup. I just don't know how like pissed off the Titans are. Maybe it's a revenge game for them too because he wanted more money than they could offer him. So, who knows who's more fired up about this one. I, I'm leaning towards AJ being a little more fired up. Oh, yeah. It seems like the the Titans were just like, you know, he's not worth that sticker price. Like, we're... I don't think they, they were necessarily too pissed about getting rid of him just because of the sticker price. But I think this is definitely a huge revenge game for AJ Brown. Um, he's ha- He's been the happiest he's been in all of his career ever since he got to Philly. Um, so I love to see it. Obviously, I've been an A.J. Brown guy for a long time. I love to see that he's finally getting yeah. his creds. Yeah, top five. <laughs> Dude, talent-wise, I, I would still, to this day, say that he's probably top five. He's got the advantage. Top five talent-wise wide advantage. receiver in the league. Um, but another guy that we mentioned or haven't mentioned yet and has had a couple of uh, good games strung together these past few ever since coming back from injury and he was supposedly supposed to be A.J. Brown's replacement, and that is Traylon Burks. We actually just made a trade involving Traylon Burks. Um, what? That was a big one, man. It was Tua, Etn, uh, yeah, Saquon, Pickens, and Sky Moore, who I dropped immediately after the trade, and you went to pick up again. I think I sent Mike, too. I yeah, Mike. for Kyler, Kyler, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, Monty. and Traylon Burks, and Amari Cooper. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that was it. Yeah, pleasure doing business with you. I, we haven't had a. I feel like we're the most organized when it comes to trades and duck league. The rest of them just kind of, they're they're yeah. stubborn. They don't like to move off. Their well, like <laughs> I've told Jaden this, and despite me telling him this, he still wants to argue me tooth and nail for every single fucking trade. Like. With guys like me and you and Jaden, like, there's nothing that I can tell you or you can tell me that we don't already know. That we don't already exactly. know. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's just we're playing this stupid fucking game of, like, like... We kind of have to know who the other guys like and then leverage it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, we can't... You're not gonna fuck... It, you're not gonna bullshit the bullshitters, man. Like, come on. <laughs> like, so I appreciate that we could have such an easy just counter 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 except eventually <laughs> like that's how it should be but anyway me and mitch did have a nice trade over uh two days ago i believe it was uh but yeah trailing burks yeah. back into it um these past few games he had so against green bay he had seven catches on eight targets 111 yards and then this past week he had four catches on six targets 70 yards and he dives on top of Derrick Henry's fumble in the end zone to get himself a rushing touchdown technically. Um, so like to see that. Uh, but I think Traylon Burks, he's really looking like the, I mean, I don't want to say the next up and coming of AJ Brown, like he was supposed to be um, because of the injury. But a wide receiver yeah, one. He's really looking like a wide receiver yeah. one for Ryan Tannehill. What do you think, man? I I'm kind of on the edge. I feel like they need more firepower in the receiving game because Robert Woods just is not the guy he was in L.A. at this point. He's a kick returner at best for them now, and he's underwhelming at that. Yeah. <laughs> but if Burks is going to be that guy, this is the week he has to show it because he's going against Darius Slay and James Bradbury, which is a tall order. Neither of them are going to shadow him, but you're going to end up with one or the other on you at all times, and you have to show that you are that guy that they traded away A.J. Brown to replace. He's the first round pick. He's supposed to be the answer. This is the time he has to actually show up. Yeah, no, that's the truth. And he's been starting to show flashes these past couple games. Hopefully, he can get to the end zone this one for fantasy owners. Uh, but let's make our pick here, man. The spread, obviously, as I have it posted here, but for the audio listeners, it's uh, Philly minus four and a half. And I'll go ahead and go first. Um, my. My philosophy with the Titans all year has been if they can get if they can get the ball first and they can just score, obviously that's a big thing. Yeah. But if they could just take up time of possession, run Derrick Henry into the ground, they can keep it a low scoring game, you know, if they just grind out each of those possessions. So four and a half seems like a lot of points to me. Um, also, the home field advantage didn't seem to do uh, the or the Eagles too well <laughs> against my very own Washington Commanders. So I think that home field advantage is a little bit overrated at this point in the season. So I'll go ahead and go Tennessee on the spread. Um, but I'll go ahead. Uh, I'll go Tennessee on the spread and the money line. Yeah. Yeah, because look... All right, let's take a look at who Philly has actually, like, recently played and beat. Because it hasn't... They almost lost to the Packers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it hasn't been too impressive from the Eagles lately. Um, so they almost lost to the Packers at home. Uh, they beat the Colts by one the week before that. 
a yeah, comeback. on a comeback in Indy. Ten point comeback since like oh nine. Right, them, exactly. Which is weird. And then the Commanders beat them at the link the week before. And then the week before that, they played the Texans close on Thursday Night Football. The final score doesn't speak to that. But yeah. going into, like, the third quarter, that, yeah, it was a close game, you know? So yeah. this Philly team hasn't been as overwhelmingly impressive as they were to start the year. So with that and them allowing one of the most uh, ranking towards the top in rushing yards allowed per game, uh, I'll go ahead and go to the Titans on the spread and the money line. Yeah, they're starting to challenge us for uh, most yards given up per game yeah. rushing at this point, but I, I'm i probably with you here. I feel like this is a game that Philly could easily drop, and the Titans are not a team that's just going to hand you turnovers and stuff like that, unless it's the playoffs and Ryan Tannehill's just throwing it to the defense. But they are a great clock management team. They can score. They do all the little things right on this team, and I feel I don't think they're going to be able to have the home run stuff that they're going to need to win this game for Philly. And like you said, if they get the ball first, Tennessee is just going to pound it down their throat. And I don't think their run defense can hold up to Derrick Henry for long enough to keep them in a winning position in this game. I think it was the Titans had 18 straight red zone drives and then a touchdown until they took a kneel down against the Packers. And then last week they were a little rough against Cincy, but they get the points when they're supposed to get the points. They finish drives, and I think that it's not going to be easy if Philly wins. It's going to be a tight game regardless, which is why the spread is a hammer at this point. But I'm leaning towards Tennessee winning this game. A.J. Brown's going to have to prove him wrong and win the game for Philly pretty much if they have a shot in this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, four and a half, it is a scared spread. It seems like Vegas knows a little bit of something. But I don't know. It, I know the Titans suffered the loss last week, but the week before that, they went to Lambeau and dominated the Packers, you know? Like, the Packers have been all that great. But going to Lambeau and dominating them, I mean, the Cowboys went to Lambeau and only put up, what, like 10 points, 3 points, something like that? Or maybe it was more. No, they went to overtime. It was it was higher yeah, scoring. they went yeah, to overtime. But they lost yeah. the AP. <laughs> so they go to Lambeau and lose one of our top teams in our power rankings, so... Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Titans on the spread and the money line going down to the link to beat the Eagles. Mm -hmm. All right, man. So, that moves us on to our next headliner game, also in the 1 o'clock window. And that is my very own Washington Commanders taking on the New York Giants at MetLife. Uh, the spread right now is Washington minus 2. And the public seems to like that a lot. I was talking to my roommate yesterday, who has actually been on an Engage 8 session before, to drop a Bezos parlay, which actually hit. Uh, so if anybody actually put that parlay in, they won a couple hundred bucks, which is nice. Uh, but I digress. I really, the public, most of the public is betting on Washington minus two, and which I think is almost unbelievable because the Giants have the same record as us and also are playing at home in this one. But if you just look at how the game script's going to play out, I mean, me and Tyler were talking about it a little bit on the podcast uh, earlier this week. We have such a stout running defense right now, um, and we have Chase Young coming back this week. Supposedly, God. Supposedly, sp yeah. like <laughs> You can never be sure. That is, he's been the slowest rollout that I can remember in recent history as far as coming off an ACL injury. The only one I can think of that would rival it is, like, Jonathan Isaac in the NBA, who hadn't played since COVID, mm. but 
that's the NBA. You can it's a little longer of a time period for basketball than it is football. I don't know what's taken Young so long. Maybe he had a setback or something a while ago. Yeah. Just didn't make it out to public. It had to be something like that. But nonetheless, he does come back this week to further cement that line. And Saquon really seems to be the only threat on this offense right now. You had Wandell go down. Uh, with a torn ACL just two weeks ago. He was leading the team in receiving. So now uh, Sterling Shepard's been out for the entire year. So now you're looking at guys like Darius Slayton to help you out on the receiving end, which if you're depending on Darius Slayton to be your wide receiver one, obviously things are going too well. So this game is going to come down to Saquon. And him going up against our line, I'll take our line almost every single day seven days out of the week so yeah i like it a lot i like washington minus two and i don't feel too scared about it what do you think i feel like this is a trap game for washington you're coming in riding the high and the giants are about to get a dozen people back off the injury report right now evan neal's looking like he's gonna play they should be getting back daniel bellinger who's a surprising impact in the run blocking you kind of look at Saquon's downfall in fantasy points, it was right around when Bellinger got hurt, and he is an amazing run-blocking tight end. I think the offensive line is going to be back and ready for this game, and they're 110% going to need it against you guys, especially with Chase Young coming back. But what worries me more for you guys is that Wink Martindale is going to bring it on Taylor Heineke, and I don't know the advanced metrics on him against the Blitz, but I feel like he's enough of a gunslinger that he's going to put it in harm's way enough. And if he's getting blitzed constantly, he's going to have a lot more of his riskier throws than normal. And they might just capitalize on it. I know they should be getting Cordell Flott back this week on the Giants. They've been torn up in the secondary. If they could have manageable starters, they're, they should be okay. But Wink was dead set on having C.D. Lamb one-on-one with a third-string cornerback just bringing the house against Dak last week and got cooked. So I think they're finding health at the right time to try to make their playoff push. And I think the Giants will pull this one out, actually. And I'm sorry about that, but I think it might be a resurgence to Saquon this week because of the rejuvenation of health on this team. Yeah. No, I can respect it for sure. I mean, you look at the injury report, it's not looking too great for us. Uh, Chase Young is questionable, so maybe I'll just take all that back. He's probably not going to play because he's a fucking asshole, dude. Um, but uh, St. Juice is out for another week, which really sucks. Um, he's been playing really well opposite of Kendall Fuller on, in our secondary on our cornerbacks. Uh, so St. Juice being out kind of stinks. And then Gibby's also questionable for this game. Uh, J.D. McKissick out for the year, um, so that'll leave our running back room a little, little scarce, a little sparse going into this one. You had a good enough deal, yeah, though. Yeah, for sure. And if Gibby's healthy, I w- I've been saying this for the past couple weeks, Gibby and Brian Robinson might be turning into one of the best running back committees in all of football because... I've never been a fan of the running back committee, obviously, just from fantasy and et cetera. But on my own team, yeah. and said this is the first time that I've ever seen it. <laughs> like this time. is the first time that I've ever seen on the uh, like on the Reds or whoa, whew, um, whoa, almost got suit. Yeah, almost got Sorry. super offensive there. Uh, <laughs> but 
Ever since, like, I've never seen us operate with a running back by committee in Washington. And now that we have, like, Gibby's pissed off that everybody wrote him off and Brian Robinson was coming in to be the RB1. And now he's actually playing like he should have been playing last year. So you got Gibby and B-Rob as the one-two punch. And this Giants run game defense really stinks, dude. They allow 138.9 rushing yards per game, which is even more than Philly that we mentioned. They have to be up in the other upper echelons of the league in rushing yards allowed per game. So, if we can get, I mean, if this running back by committee, if Gibby is healthy, and we continue to play how we've been playing, then that means really good things for the commanders in this one. Uh, I have to go the commanders, obviously, because that's my fucking team. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll go the commanders on the spread and the money line going into MetLife. Uh, but it's a close one, man. And I've got Saquon this week, so I, I kind of want him to do well, man. I do think it's worth noting, I'll read off some of the names that are potentially and definitely coming back this week. Adoree Jackson potentially coming back for them in the secondary. Darius Slayton's sick right now, so he's iffy for them. They're probably going to get back Daniel Bellinger, who I already mentioned. Dane Belton at cornerback. They are going to get John Feliciano, who played anyway, but he's been injured. Richie James, probably going to be out there. Fabian Moreau, another DB. Leonard Williams should be playing. Cordell Flott, Evan Neal, and Tyree Phillips. So they're going to have a lot of people potentially coming back, and they can flip this team around. You, they they were fighting for them, their lives. They have to play the perfect game script every time, and they've looked rough because they don't have the people to keep up with that game script that they like at this point. I think the offensive line getting a little healthier and then bringing back Bellinger should give them a little bit of a boost. But this is going to be a good game regardless because they're, they're same talent level, honestly. Well, coaching, probably an edge on the Giants. You guys probably have a little more talent. Just got to see who comes out on top. Yeah, and this, this game definitely has huge implications as far as the playoffs go. Uh, the Giants sit at the sixth seed right now. We sit at the seventh seed. Um, Giants are seven and four. We're seven and five. Obviously, we're both NFC East teams, so a lot of implications for the playoffs going into this one. Um, to play the devil's advocate here, if you did want to bet on the Giants, I could definitely see it. Um, St. Juice really being out. I don't think people are gonna see that as a huge thing, but I really do think it would be. It'll be a problem for us because he's basically defined our secondary outside of kind of Fuller. Um, but, yeah, like, I could definitely see it. Also, the Giants played the Cowboys close for most of that Thanksgiving game. Like, it was the, the final score won't speak to that, but if you actually watch the first half, like, they, the Giants had a legitimate chance of winning that game for a long time. So, you have to love... And then CD set yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> Uh, so you have to love to see the effort from the Giants there. Um, so I do think that they have a chance in this one for sure. It'll be a really close game. It'll be a fun one to watch in MetLife, but I'm going with my Washington Commanders. So, all right. Well, let's move on to our next headliner game, three out of five, another one o'clock window game, and that is the New York Jets at Tyler North's very own Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis. Uh, the spread for this one is minus 3.0. Uh, so, hmm. 
what are we thinking here? Mike White's going to be the starter this week, going into Minnesota, coming off his big performance last week, throwing three touchdowns. What are your thoughts, man? Ooh, Mike White versus 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins. This might be the best quarterback matchup of the season. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> uh, you just don't know what which Mike White you're actually going to get out of this team. And it makes it hard to bet on this right now because he's had games like the one against the Bengals last year where he had over 400 yards, five touchdowns, and was amazing. And then he has games where he throws like four picks against the Patriots. <laughs> There's so much variance in him that he could either dominate this game or get completely destroyed. And unfortunately, for Jets fans, not for Tyler, Tyler's probably going to love this part, I think it's going to be a bad Mike White day. They're going to have a lot of pass rush coming at him. And the O-line of the Jets is okay, but not good enough to hold up against Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. I think they're going to make it home on him a lot. Pat Pete's going to do just enough on Garrett Wilson that there's not going to be a lot of offensive production from the Jets. But the big matchup to watch is Justin Jefferson nah. versus Sauce Gardner. Yes, this is going to be must-watch. It's, it's more important than the rest of the game. You can just highlight this and ignore the quarterbacks going on because who cares about Mike White and Kirk Cousins when you got that type of matchup going on on the outside. Yeah, no, that's the truth. It'll be get-your-popcorn-ready type of matchup on Sunday between those two. Sauce, he's probably he's probably the best quarterback in football now. What do you – I mean – Yeah, he's gotten to that point. He's just dominant. I know I had Tariq one at the midseason thing. That was kind of just to throw a little bit out there, like an argument. But Sauce has continued to look great and one's not been as – productive as he was in that first half so I think Sauce is by far and away the runaway defensive rookie of the year and probably best corner in the league at the moment for sure one thing of note in this Ooh. game for sure uh what Matt Stafford sent to the IR the Rams are officially giving up on the season he won't be eligible to play until week 17 against us so <laughs> they've entirely oh given up oh my god dude Rest in peace to the Rams. I mean, we were talking about it in the Power Rankings episode. They're our second-worst team in football. Now they're probably the worst team in football. The Lions are going to have such a good pick. They might end up with the number two pick. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Now we see the flip side of the mentality of fuck them picks. Uh, because when them pick... They got their yeah, ring. Yeah, exactly. Got yep, their ring. Yep. That's all. I mean, they sought out to get that ring and got it. Gotta respect it, but all right, let's dive back into this game. One thing of note that we haven't talked about is Michael Carter is probably not gonna play in this game, um, which will be a big deal because ever since the absence of Brees Hall, uh, him ending up on IR, it seems like Michael Carter just kind of slipped in there and was doing the same shit, you know, like he was just as effective pretty much as Brees Hall had been. Um, I've always been a big Michael Carter advocate personally. Um, he, it, yeah. yeah, for sure. Coming out of North <laughs> Carolina, him and Javante Williams were one-two punch. Javante got all the love this past or before this year and just last year. But MCJ really wasn't talked about enough. But he's really had his chance to shine these past couple weeks. Um, but without Michael Carter Jr., I really do think that the Minnesota Vikings will cover the spread and the money line in this game. Uh, there's just too much, man. There's just too much 
facing up against the Jets. I, I agree with you. I don't think that switching to Mike White is going to take them on some magical run here to end the season. As much as I would love to see it, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. And James Robinson, they I've, I know he'll step up in MCJ's absence, but he was a healthy scratch just last week. So obviously they aren't as excited about James Robinson as we were when they traded him or when the Jags traded him to the Jets. I thought that was a great move, but obviously the Jets think otherwise. So with all that in play, yeah, I'll go the Vikings on the spread and the money line. Yeah, I'm going to go with them on both, but back to the backfield stuff with the Jets. I don't know what's going on with this whole James Robinson situation. He's kind of feeling like the Philip Lindsay of a few years ago's draft class. Undrafted, hyper-productive when he comes out, and then for some reason the teams just toss him to the side. They want nothing to do with him anymore. It's weird. And they're playing Zonovan Knight. Mm-hmm. He was not a high draft pick or anything like that. Not an amazing prospect coming out, but he's playing well. Well, played well last week. If they don't make James Robinson a focal point this week, I don't know why they even bother trading for him at this point then. It's just a little weird to me what's going on with him. So, With that, still going to go with the Vikings on this. They should be able to handle it. I think this is going to be a game where they're going to want to bring back Zach Wilson next week if Mike White looks bad enough, and I think he's probably going to look pretty rough against that tough Minnesota defense. Yeah, for sure. And if you look on the, uh, the injury side, I obviously mentioned uh, Michael Carter out for the Jets. Uh, but Derisaw really seems to be the only notable Viking out this week, uh, other than guys that are on IR, like Andrew Booth. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think this is pretty clear-cut Vikings for me. I will say that this Jets offense does look rejuvenated. I'd love to see... Uh, Elijah Moore finally getting involved in this fucking offense because he's a really good football player, man. I have no clue why Zach Wilson didn't care to throw him the football, but Mike White obviously has a couple brain cells, so he's throwing the ball his way. Uh, I'd love to see that. I mean, yeah, look at Elijah Moore's run last year with Mike White, and then I think maybe a game or two in there with Wilson, but Wilson just wasn't hitting him the way Mike White was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Elijah Moore has the talent to be an easy wide receiver two on a playoff contending team and possibly a, a, pretty much a wide receiver one on any Thank other, you, stud. you know, so. Thank you playoff stud for fantasy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Talk about, go listen to our uh, Fantasy Studs and Duds Playoff Edition uh, episode if you haven't done already. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, we both are going Vikings on the spread and the money line in Minnesota, but let's move on to our next game on the docket. This shifts over to the 4 o'clock window. Three really good games in the 1 o'clock window, though. I'm excited for that. And then we shift over to the 4 o'clock window. And we have the Miami Dolphins at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, They're playing in San Fran. But the spread for this one is San Fran minus 4. And that's absolutely shocking for me. Uh, the Dolphins, we have them as our, a top three team in our power rankings this week. Um, they've just proved it week after week that they are here to stay. And I honestly, in the past couple weeks, I can't say that much different for the 49ers. Um, they've been really good as well. So what are, your, what are your initial thoughts on this, man? I really don't know why that spread is so big. It seems like a trap. This is a... 
huge implication game because these teams are streaking right now. And like you said, they're both in our top five now. They are legitimate Super Bowl contenders at the moment. But I think the reason why the spread's where it's at is because Teron Armstead has a pec injury and they were leaning towards keeping him out this week. And he's doubtful at the moment. But if you throw out whoever they want at left tackle, they've had no answers in the game Armstead has missed. They had a, I think it was a two PFF grade from Walker Little, I think, or whoever they put in at left tackle to replace. Oh, it was Brandon Shell. He had a two out of 100 PFF grade when they brought him in to play left tackle. If they don't play Teron Armstead, they are throwing Tua to the Wolves. And with Tua's injury history, he has not made it through a season healthy at all. And with his head injury earlier this year, it's a giant concern. He's questionable for some parts this week, too. Yeah. It's it's kind of telling that they think Armstead is, like, the centerpiece of this offense. The secondary of the 49ers is kind of rough. So Tyreek and Waddle should be able to do well. They're going to have to go back to, like, last year's quick pass game with them because that's the only way they're going to be able to move the ball because two is not going to have the time to throw against the likes of Nick Bosa and Armstead. And uh, that – 49ers defensive line is going to maul the Dolphins O-line. And on the other side, I think the Dolphins are probably going to get outmanned on the defensive line, and they're going to have to rely on Howard a lot. And unfortunately, they're not that much of a passing team in San Fran. And the strength of the Miami defense is the secondary. It, it just seems like a puzzle piece for the Niners to win. Like, they match up the perfect way you have to against the Dolphins. And I, I think they might actually cover and win outright for the 49ers in this game. It just seems like a very good matchup for them. Yeah, for sure. A really good matchup for one person in specific, and that's Nick Bosa, who's absolutely going to eat uh, without Toronto Harpset in this game. Uh, they asked Mike McDaniel in uh, the post game or the one of the press conferences this week after practice, like, uh, are you, what are you doing to prepare? Uh, for Nick Bosa, something along those lines. And he was like, if you walk next right. to Nick Bosa in the parking lot, like, you get scared. Like, he, <laughs> like it was... It was he is an intimidating yeah, guy. Yeah, it was classic Mike McDaniel. But, I mean, he's going to eat for sure on Sunday at home. Uh, one thing that I will say is Debo, he's questionable this week, and I've been monitoring his status pretty closely because I have him in Duck League. Hasn't he been questionable for, like, the past two Yeah, months? basically. <laughs> and But he was probable. He had a full practice on Tuesday or Wednesday and then didn't practice at all on Thursday. So he had some kind of setback. With it, uh, that's what everybody was saying. And then Kyle Shanahan came out yesterday that he would need a good full day of practice on Friday to have a chance at being a game-time decision on Sunday. So that doesn't sound too promising, especially considering that uh, Debo didn't join practice until halfway through yesterday. Uh, so Debo's probably not going to play in this game. And also Trent Williams is questionable. I don't know if... I don't know what the status of his injury is, but obviously if Trent Williams doesn't play, that's more of an impact on the 49ers offensive line than Armstead will be the absence of Armstead on the Dolphins offensive line, to be honest. So, I mean, there's some injuries at play here, but I'm going to go the Dolphins on the spread and the Niners on the money line. I think 
this is going to be really it's going to be a shootout it's going to end up being a shootout when it's all said and done um but mcdaniel's trying to come after his mentor here in shanahan should be a fun game to watch play call yeah wise. for sure and a mike mcdaniel revenge game i cannot believe that the spread is so big uh so yeah i will go the dolphins on the spread but I think this is the week that the Niners kind of solidify themselves as possibly the leading Borderline Super Bowl contender yeah. in the NFC. Like, I know the Eagles, uh, we want to keep them there. But, I mean, they could su- if they suffer a loss this week against the Titans, dude, I think the Niners really make their case to be a top three team in football in the no-question NFC team that is looking to make the Super Bowl this year. Um is this a potential Super Bowl matchup right here, though, as we look at it? At this point in the season, it's a potential one. I, My biggest thing to watch in this is Armstead. If he's in, you got to hope, or if he's out, you got to hope Tua can make it out of this game unscathed because it's going to be rough. These are two very high-powered teams, and it's going to be – I don't know how this didn't make it to prime time. That's what I'm saying. We've got – it's it. I forget who's on prime time this week. Saints and Bucks are in prime time, so I guess they wanted their Tom Brady dude. Colts but... and Cowboys on Sunday night. Or football, were they Monday? And then Saints and Bucks. Oh, Colts and Cowboys. Uh, Still though. Ew, they should. They should have <laughs> out a few weeks ago. We've got we've got all these fucking we've got five be... like oh prime time games being played during the regular windows, and then shitty games at prime time. Whatever, oh, fuck it. Hopefully Tom Brady turns into Tom Brady again. Uh, but. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to go Dolphins on the spread, 49ers on the money line, then you got 49ers on both, totally can respect that. Alright, well let's move on to our final headliner game uh, from week 13, coming up tomorrow, and that is a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game, it should be a fun one, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Casey's favored minus two, uh, headed over to Cincinnati. Um, so this will be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey connection in these past few weeks has been historic to say the least. I mean, I haven't seen that kind of chemistry between a quarterback and tight end in my entire life. Uh, no question about it. Yeah. I mean, Maybe Gronk rivals it a little bit, but other than yeah, that. Brady and Gronk is definitely up there, but I've been more conscious of this relationship for sure uh, because I, I've been covering it for the past three years. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, this duo has been playing out of their fucking minds. Uh, you got Juju coming back healthy, completely healthy this week. He did play last week, but it seemed like they were trying to limit him the most that they could. Um, but yeah, you got Juju coming back this week. MVS seems like he's getting involved in the offense. Uh, Pacheco, uh, we mentioned how me and Tyler were talking about how Pacheco hasn't really, I mean, he had that hundred yard game, but he hasn't put an official like stamp. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like he hasn't put an official stamp like, Hey, I'm the certifiable RB one in Kansas city. Like he hasn't really done Mm -hmm. that yet. Might have an opportunity to do Mm -hmm. it here. But what are some of your uh, thoughts on this game, man? Yeah, and then Gordon moving up, mm. too, worries you even more about whether or not Pacheco can actually take the reins to the backfield. Right. But another person to watch on KC, who seems to be getting involved now after Tony's injury, Sky Moore. They're actually putting him on the offense and giving him some looks. 
And if it weren't for their reluctance to take him off the punt return team, he would do, be doing a lot better in fantasy because he keeps muffling punts. He's not a punt returner. Get him out from there. He is not meant for that. Just let him be a slot receiver. But on the other side, Jamar Chase coming back, this could be a huge game for him. He feasts against KC. You got to <laughs> – I hope they've come up with something because he has absolutely destroyed them in the two games he's played against them. They have to have some form of answer for Jamar Chase. And if they can't even halfway answer that question, they are looking down the barrel of a gun at that point because they are just shooting themselves in the foot by not coming up with a better game plan against them. This – this isn't the only quarterback that's gotten the best of Mahomes every time they play. Burrow is 2-0. and i got to imagine Mahomes is coming in a little fired up to this. Yeah, no shit. And we had some questions about whether since he was really going to be uh, the team that they were last year after they started the season so questionably. Uh, but as KC's been on a five-game uh, win streak, uh, Cincinnati Bengals have won four out of their last five. Um, so you love to see that. Not coming at not coming against two difficult opponents, but they did go to Tennessee this past week and win 20 to 16, which is a huge win for sure. Um, so it looks like Jamar Chase is definitely going to play this week. He had a full practice on Friday, so outlook is good for him. But one guy that is uh, still in concussion protocol is Joe Mixon, who did not practice in full on Friday. Um, so there's a chance that the Bengals are without Joe Mixon, but it seems like P. Ryan has really been a suitable substitute for Joe Mixon, especially in the receiving game, but without a really solid threat in between the tackles and Joe Mixon, um, this really could be proved to be a problem for the Bengals, especially going up against a guy like uh, Chris Jones right up the middle. That'll cause problems. Um, Joe Tooney is questionable this week for the Chiefs, so that might play a part. I know updates on his practice participability, participability, participation. No updates on his practice participation yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, without – I mean, Jamar Chase looks like he'll be playing this week, but without Joe Mixon and with the Chiefs really looking like the Chiefs right now. Mm, fuck, but the Bengals have been so hot, dude. What What's your pick for this game? I think – Mahomes is going to be coming in a little extra fire under him because Burrow has bested him every time they played at this point. I think he's going to bring out another side of himself and then show why they are their runaway favorites for the AFC at this point. It just seems like a signature game incoming for him, and he's finally getting to click with all of his receivers. I mean, we looked at this in the offseason. They lose Tyree Kill, but what they improved upon was they have a wide variety of options to throw to now instead of just two guys that if you designate all of your attention to those two guys, you have a 50-50 shot of Nicole Hardman actually cashing it or dropping it. <laughs> this offense has, it's more well-rounded as opposed to what it was, and I think it's a way different team than last year, and I, I don't know if Cincy's going to be able to defend everybody they have, especially after Shadobi Awuzie went down for the rest of the season. Eli Apple's cornerback one, and it worked against Tyreek last year for him, but Tyreek's not here. He can't guard the three other guys that are weapons mm -hmm. on the team. Also, Logan Wilson's questionable going into this game, so it's a question on who's going to be up against Travis Kelsey all game, too. So, not that look, 
Maybe Jesse Bates. Yeah, probably Jesse Bates for sure. They drop him. Yeah. Um, but mm, this is a tough game to pick. I will go to Chiefs because they really seem like they're doing uh, This Bengals team is not the same team from last year. And if you bring in Jamar Chase for his first game back, it's like he's probably not going to be at 110%, you know? Yeah, I think he was kind of bordering on whether or not to play, and I think he saw it's the Chiefs on the schedule. It probably brought a little fire into him to get ready to play in this one, but I don't think he's going to be the same level of the guy right. we know. And the advantage that the Bengals would have had in this game is the run game with Joe Mixon. Like, they could really establish yeah. that, dominate time of possession, uh, but looks like he's not going to play this week. So, if that's the case... He Ryan did good against them in the playoffs. If I remember right, I think he had like a forty-yard touchdown catch or something. See, he's fantastic. Maybe that's fantastic in the receiving game, but in between the tackles. Got a shout out to the former commander. Well, he was a Redskin. But... Yeah, I mean, he was a dog coming out of uh, Oklahoma, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. He... Him and Nixon both out of Oklahoma. He said a. Uh, I'm pretty sure he got the most yards in an FBS game in history. Beating Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah, with Baker? No, he wasn't with Baker that game, was he? I think Mm -hmm. Nixon was on the team when Baker was there. But I do remember seeing some weird stat Mm -hmm. like that. Anyway, he was a dog in college. Um, But despite that, fuck. Just ate a piece of dragon fruit. Not a fan. I'm on my hot girl shit today. I don't know if anybody saw. I was talking to Mitch before. I'm a hot girl shit. But... Hot girl is going to pick the Chiefs on the spread and the money line in this game. How about you, my friend? I'm going Chiefs on both on this one, too. I think they're just going to flex that they are the team to beat in the AFC again. No more debate about them or Buffalo. It's yeah, them. No, that's for sure. For sure. All right, man. Well, that does it for our headliner games. Uh, and it puts us at a really sp- uh, solid mark as far as time goes. We're sitting at 45 minutes right now. So let's make a uh, quick pick them for the rest of the game, shall we? All right. All right, man. dude. So starting with the 1 o'clock window, we have the 4-7 and seven Pittsburgh Steelers visiting the 5-7 and seven Atlanta Falcons at Mercedes-Benz. Um, the spread in this one is even. I'll go to Steelers. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. I think they're getting healthy enough to actually enforce their will on them at this point in the year. And Jaden's going to be pissed because their draft position is going to suck yeah, now. that's a true. T.J. Watt, he's back for sure, 100%. Uh, that George Pickens-Kenny uh, Pickett connection seems to get better every single week. And the Falcons, after seeming like a somewhat contender to start the year, seem like they have... After the constant arguments <laughs> in power And they have seemed to have fallen <laughs> off that horse a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I will go the Steelers, even though Atlanta's playing at home. Uh, next game, Packers at the Bears. Uh, Aaron Rodgers owns the city, apparently. Packers are 4-8. and eight. Bears are three and nine. The spread in this one is Green Bay minus three. Justin Fields is playing in this game. So, you know what, dude? I'm going to go Bears on the spread and the money line. Call me crazy. Ah. I mean, their run defense has been horrible, and that's what the Bears do better than anything else. But I think the Packers are still going to pull it out. I haven't looked at Jaquan Brisker or Tyler Gordon's injury status, but 
If they don't play, I don't think they have a chance because that defense has fallen apart since they traded away Roquan and Robert Quinn. Yeah, um, Brisker and Gordon are out, as, as well as yeah. Vildor. So, I'm going with the Packers on both. But Bakhtiari's out this week. Dobbs is questionable. Darnell Savage is out. Devondre Campbell is questionable. So the Packers have their fair share of uh injuries well i'm gonna go i'm gonna go the bears that'll be one of my big upset picks this week all right uh jags at the lions also in the one o'clock window both teams sit at four and seven the spread in this one is even this will actually be a good uh good game evenly evenly matched okay. two teams that have gotten hot recently uh that started the season out pretty shitty uh the jags actually started pretty hot but then lost five in a row uh so i'm gonna go the lions at home and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I'm about the Lions, too. They've just been showing consistent ability to stay in big games. I mean, their one loss over the last four weeks is the Bills, right? And that was a tight game anyway yeah. at the end. I think they are better than the Jags. I know Trevor Lawrence has been coming on as of lately, but I think they're... I don't think they're going to be able to beat this Detroit team because Detroit's looking like a borderline playoff team at this point. They're trying to make their push. Yeah, for sure. They need some help. If the Lions lose this week to the Jags and, and Minnesota wins against the Jets, they eventually clinch the division. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I like where this Lions team is going right now. Then they get Jameson Williams back in a couple of weeks. So they'll be cooking. They'll be cooking. Uh, next game that we got is... The Broncos, the three and eight Broncos. Let's ride at the Baltimore Ravens, sitting at seven and four. The spread for this one nine and a half. Fuck. Oh yeah, God. bro. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go the Broncos on the spread because the Ravens have not been playing good football recently. Uh, I don't feel like Lamar is in the right headspace right now. I feel like he's starting to get a little stressed out about the contract situation. Can't blame him um, when you're <laughs> when you're your own agent negotiating one of the biggest quarterback contracts of all time that's got to be stressful uh but yeah i'm Pussing out fans on the end yeah. of <laughs> i'm gonna go yeah i'm gonna, i mean the ravens they lost the jags this past week and then they were tied with the panthers three to three going into the fourth quarter of the week prior so this is not the same ravens team that we saw to start the year um broncos haven't really gotten any better um but it's desperation time for them so i think the broncos cover the spread but the Ravens do ultimately win. Yeah, I think the nine spread is a little big for how good this defense is in Denver. So I think they'll cover the spread, but I don't think they're getting the money line. I think the Ravens should win this. And if the Ravens blow a double-digit lead to Russell Wilson at this point mm. in the year, drop them to Tier yeah. 3. Drop them to Tier 3. They do not deserve to be anywhere near a top 10 if they lose to Russell Wilson at this point in the year. It's basically Lamar Jackson versus the Broncos. Like, it's it's fucking crazy. It's so sad. The offense is yeah. in Baltimore these days. That's what I'm saying, dude. Uh, all right. Now we got a spicy one here. The Cleveland Browns at 4-7. and seven. Mr. Deshaun Watson, goes in his first week back on an NFL field, goes to his former team. The Houston Texans sitting at 1-9-1. The spread for this one's Cleveland minus 8. I know a lot of people are going Houston because of all the uh, outside implications involved in this game. Uh, the spread's Cleveland minus 8. I'm still going to go Cleveland minus 8. 
I'm probably going to go with Cleveland for both yeah. because the Texans have the worst run defense in the league right now, and there's still Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I can't imagine they're going to make Deshaun go out there and be a gunslinger his very first game. They're going to try to work him in gradually and get his clip. He's got a clip with Amari Cooper. Well, Joku's out in this mm-hmm. one, too, so that hurts the past game even more. I think it's just going to be a gradual implementation of him. And they have the running backs to just gradually do this and still win games. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. They'll just slowly kill the Texans in this one. I agree with that. And on the on the play action plays that Deshaun Watson does get out, and because they'll be running the game the ball the whole game, I agree with you. That'll be the game script. But on the plays that Deshaun Watson possibly on like a naked bootleg or something like that, that he does get outside, he's gonna cause some damage, dude. Whether it be running the ball or throwing it downfield to Amari Cooper, like I think maybe he finishes with like 15 passes in this one, but I think he'll be impressive in his first start back. So, uh, yeah, there's this is a good game for him to come back. They don't yeah. do a lot. Uh, next game that we got is the six and five Seahawks headed to the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams sitting at three and eight. Want to take a gander at the spread in this one? Is it fifteen? No, it's seven. It it's five? seven. But I, seven? yeah, I'm going. It's I'm going Seattle on the spread in the money line, and I don't think there's even a debate. No, no debate at all. I'm taking them on both. This Rams team has completely fallen apart. I'm convinced there's a college football team that could beat their team as presently constructed. Agreed, agreed, yeah. Uh, all right, two, three more games that we got to pick here. Uh, but it is your very own Los Angeles Chargers sitting at 6-5. and five, Just got bumped up in the power rankings at... The Las Vegas Raiders 4-7, a rematch of the game to put the Raiders into the playoffs just last year. Uh, Las Vegas is favored minus two and a half in this one, which is kind of hard to believe. Uh, what you got? Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. I feel like this would be a headliner if the Raiders didn't get off to such a slow start yeah. because they've been coping lately. The back-to-back <laughs> overtime wins, they're finding their stride. I think the spread changed because of Corey Lindsley, Trey Pipkins, and Mike Williams all being out in this game. So we are running out of options on the O-line. It should be an interesting game. It does worry me because Vegas has gotten hot. Josh Jacobs is looking pretty good, and we suck against the run. But I think we'll manage to pull this one out because I think we're going to have a way better strategy for Devontae Adams in the last game. And Keenan Allen's looking healthy again. I think the offense is going to start to find their strides again. And Herbert looks great now. He's not showing any more residual damage from that fracture at this point. Yeah, I can get with it. I'm probably going to go to the Chargers in this game as well. Uh, The Raiders have looked really impressive. uh, Back-to-back overtime wins. Um, But, yeah, I got to go to the Chargers in this one. I, I think Keenan, he's back, like, certifiably now. Um, so you don't have to panic as much that Mike Will is out in this game. So, yeah, I'm going to go to the Chargers as well. Josh Palmer's emergence has looked pretty good. Yeah. I don't think there's a cornerback on that team that could actually guard Keenan either. He played one quarter the first game and had 10 fantasy points. One quarter. And <laughs> no touchdowns. He was just tearing them up down the field. I don't think they're going to be able to match up well there. DeAndre Carter is a sneaky little player, man. He's been good for us. Yeah, he's, a, he's been a little spotty, but that was when he was our wide receiver, too. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, like he's he needs some he needs some reps. He needs to catch some balls, but he's I liked him when he was in Washington. So, all right, that takes us to our final two games, the two games in prime time NFL. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, but <coughs> excuse me, I can understand the Monday night one a little better than the Sunday night because Sunday night you can't flex people out of it. Monday night they were kind of locked. Right, <laughs> and also the Bucks. I mean, they're they have a shot at the division now. So if they win that one against. The individual the Saints. Saints, yeah, exactly. So, if the Saints win, I think they're like a half game out because they haven't had a bye yet. Yeah, the shittiest division in football. Uh, but yeah, uh, Colts and Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Colts are four seven and one. Cowboys are eight and three. The spread is Dallas minus ten and a half. I'm gonna go the Colts on the spread for sure, but I'll go Cowboys on the money line. Um, this team really does it. It's so simplified football now with Jeff Saturday. He's just like, you know, I know what plays are generally successful. And Jim Mersey, he sounded like an idiot was like when he was like, oh, Jeff Saturday is not going to be scared. Like he was because he was asked about like the analytics and shit like that. Like he was like, he's not going to be scared and pressured to make like analytical decisions. Like he's going to make the decisions that are best for the team. He's not going to be over bogged down by information. Like he's going to he's a decisive decision maker. And it seems like. This team has just I been... like him for his lack of intelligence and analytics. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wonder. Basically, yeah. Um, but it seems like they really simplify this offense. Jonathan Taylor is back um, for at full strength. Uh, Michael Pittman got a lot of work last week. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go to Colts on the spread, but Cowboys on the money line. I think I'm going to take them on the spread as well for the Colts, but Cowboys are still going to take care of business because... This Colts team is not one to get blown out at this point, I don't think. I, they do so much clock management stuff that I don't see them losing by more than a touchdown. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Especially if you dominate time of possession with Jonathan Taylor, for sure. Keep the game low scoring. No fumbles this time from him, hopefully. Yes, that's the truth. I've got him in like three leagues, so yes, please. Uh, then the final game on our slate is the Saints at the Bucks. Uh, Saints sit at 4-8, and eight, Bucks sit at 5-6. and six. The spread is Tampa Bay minus three and a half. Um, yeah, I'll go with the Bucks on the spread and the money line because it's Tom Brady. I'm going to check one thing on an injury report because uh, if Marshawn Lattimore is in, I'm going to take He's questionable. the Saints because... Oh, that's the best he's sounded in weeks. I'm, I'm going to go the Saints on this because I think Mike Evans is going to get locked up. The Saints are a scrappy team. They just could not get off the ground last week. It might be the week where they pull, pull Dalton and finally put back in Winston. I mean, there was no reason other than the Bucks game and an injury that got him out of that lineup. He might come in late and play heroics, but I think they should be able to pull it off. They Something in them, they just bring it out for the Bucks. They were playing really good in that last game against them, and then just after Lattimore was out, they fell apart. And then pick sixes happen, and the Bucks defense beat them. They played Brady really well. It's just their offense left them down the end. You know, the Saints, I really forgot about the history between the Saints and the Bucks. Because, like, the Saints just have their fucking number, dude. Especially Dennis Allen. Like, I mean, he was the yeah. uh, that defensive scheme that they have playing. And now that he's the head coach, it's only going to be more evident in Dennis Allen's planning against Tom Brady. And also, you look at these injuries, bro. Vita Vea, questionable. Antoine Winfield, questionable. Mike Edwards, questionable. Russell Gage, questionable. So, a lot of their big guys are out. Cameron Brait, questionable. So, 
considering that, I'm going to go the Saints as well on the spread and the money line. So, obviously. You just make that division outlook even rougher. Multiple teams at like 5 and 7 or 5 and 8. Right? I know. Absolutely. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, boss man. Well, that does it for our uh, week 13 preview episode. Glad we were able to get this in on a uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, but yeah, I'll have this out tonight, so you'll be listening to this hopefully on Saturday night or Monday morning, so you can get, so you can win all your bets. Because if you don't listen, you're not winning anything tomorrow, of course. So, without further ado, uh, we will sign off. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, good luck on your bets this week, and we'll catch you next week to recap Week 13 and dive into Week 14, first week of fantasy playoffs. All right, peace. <laughs>